0: Our next speaker is Ophir Reich. Uh, Ophir is a data scientist at the Center for Effective Global Action at Berkeley, where he works on data-intensive research projects partnering with governments. He's also an aspiring effective altruist. Please welcome Ophir. Hey. Um, So, I'm Ophir. How how are you all doing? Sunny California, not as advertised. Um, Okay, so I'm here. I'm a data scientist at the Center for Effective Global Action. I'll talk about the center just a tiny bit later, um, and I want to work and I want to talk about working with developing country governments as a possible uh, EA strategy um, or focus area, or however we call that these days. Um, and so I want to start with this. There's this great post in the Effective Altruism Forum by Helen Toner about how effective altruism is not is a question, not an ideology. And I am going to argue that this is maybe a viable strategy, but that doesn't mean I'm totally convinced. Certainly not to the exclusion of other strategies, and I'd be happy to, you know, get get people's input. So I'm arguing for it, but uh, I don't. First, I don't think it's for everyone, and second, I don't think it's the it's the only thing. And if it seems that I am, then just like scale it down in your head. <laughs> um, so. So this is like meme heavy from the, from the EA community. Uh, there was uh, this post about uh, how much is one vote worth by 80,000 hours shortly before the U.S. elections. And they were basically saying that, you know, when you consider whether you should vote or not. So if you live in a swing state, um, you have uh, the, the expected change you can have by voting is your chance of swaying the election with your single vote, which is about one in 10 million, 10 million estimated in swing states, um, times the federal budget, and then, for example, what you would do with it so they they calculated the share of foreign aid and the the you know percent change in uh in foreign aid and that amounted to fourteen thousand dollars and then they said, well, fourteen thousand dollars that's like two to three bed nets if it was used this way, and that's like a lot that you get for you know one hour's investment um and they also had like the effect on the economy uh that's that was presumable um but so Regardless of those precise numbers, if you're open to this line of argumentation, then I want to make a similar argument for working with developing country governments, where we have a similar equation, except that, whoops, except that, um, that in the percent going to foreign aid, it's about a hundred percent, right? Or maybe it's fifty percent, right? But, uh, but a lot of it goes to the world's poor, which is very important because the percent foreign aid in the, in the U.S. budget is, is tiny, as we know. Um, okay. So, so that's the, that's the general argument. I'm going to propose an array of options. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, if some of these seem compelling, then you should go for them. And so one other distinction that I want to make, um, is, uh, thinking of yourself versus thinking of yourself as, you know, world government or master of the universe. Um, and when I think of myself as master of the universe, as, as I sometimes do, um, I think what are the most cost effective, uh, investments or interventions that I can make? Uh, and then I want to invest in those. And that's the same when I think of myself as a donor right? But when I think of myself as an individual EA, uh, I think how much change can I make? And if I'm Bill Gates, that change is mostly through giving money. But if I'm me, that change is not necessarily mostly through giving money. And I take uh, Will McCaskill's point on this from the, from the start of the conference about how this doesn't have to be how much change can I make, but can we make? But So think of, say, a, a small group of people together. And so maybe a greater change you can make is by being close to these, uh, these sources that, have, that implement these very large Uh, large changes or reforms. And that's a point I want to make. Um, Okay, so I want to mention SEGA a little bit. SEGA is a Center for Effective Global Action, uh, based in UC Berkeley, um, where I work, uh, and also Dustin Works was there. Um, And so I'm going to briefly mention uh, three branches uh, that comprise SEGA. One is the Global Import Network, or Global Networks, or GIN for short, uh, and this is trying to produce the Berkeley Mafia 2.0, if you're familiar with that historical example, or the Chicago Boys, uh, depending if you know what the outcomes are that you want. Um, and, uh, and so we bring in, uh, SIGA brings in scholars from developing countries to Berkeley for a semester where they network with a lot of researchers and are exposed to, it, to principles of impact evaluation and other uh, kinds of economics, and then going back to their countries of origin where they can impact um, policy through research or through direct direct action. Um and then we have another component which is called Bits, the Berkeley Initiative for Transparency in the Social Sciences, uh which is trying to fix the replication crisis or as I like to call it the uh published scientific results being false crisis. Um and and uh making science great again, so to speak. Um and there'll be a, if you're interested in that which I think is super important because we all know science is 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 a wonderful thing. Uh, there will be a lightning talk uh, that's unannounced and not in the manual. It's a secret lightning talk, but in the lightning talk round uh, today between four and five uh, about bits. And then there's the last part of SEGA, which is the part that's most closely resembles uh, JPAL, is the research initiatives, where um, SEGA funds uh, through, through donors, funds uh, research initiatives, initiatives around in development economics. Uh, around, uh, certain themes. So, for example, economic development and in institutions is one, or agricultural technology adoption, uh, initiative, which is t- together with, um, with J-Pal. Uh, and so we have, uh, s- more than 70 affiliates along the west coast of the United States and Canada that are mostly development economists, uh, but, but some are also engineers, computer scientists, and they devise and test solutions to, to problems of poverty, uh, and then evaluate them rigorously. Um, Okay, so I'm going to give uh, a few examples briefly of again stories where uh, being close to these giant reforms can have a large impact. Uh, so one is from a large reform in uh, in the Indian state of Andhra Pradesh, and this is research by uh, by Siga affiliates Karthik uh, Muraleedharan and um, and uh, Paul Niehaus and uh, and one other person I forget. Um, and uh, and so their research was. Andhra Pradesh decided to, instead of just like give out their welfare payments using paper card or whatever, do a reform where people would have these biometric smart cards that hold some kind of biometric information, and and this information uh, would be verified as you see in this this neat machine. They'd have their card and they put in their fingerprint, and only then um, the payment would be dispersed. Uh, and thinking this might reduce people just taking other people's payment and so on, so they rigorously tested this, uh, evaluated it, and found that the cost of the reform was about uh, six million dollars, and the benefits in time savings were enough to pay for one part of the reform, and uh, the reduced leakage was uh, about forty million or sorry, thirty-five million dollars per year. So it's a huge, a huge return on investment. Um, but then okay this is something that the government of Andhra Pradesh did right so how is that how is that relevant to to us and so i want to bring in a story by by Karthik who's one of the researchers who worked on this and he said they were in a in a very senior government meeting and people were saying how uh, you know this sounds good but in my village somebody was not getting the benefits that they were meant to because their card didn't work and it actually took them more time and we're not really sure if this this whole thing is a good idea and this reform was almost rolled back but then they had both the evidence that I show you with the numbers, but they also had the simple survey question that they had about about support for the program. They asked the people that that experienced the new policy what they preferred, the new policy or the old policy, and there was over ninety percent um, support for the new policy, right? And this was enough to to you know counter counter the anecdotes. And this is just an example of how you know very simple things, just when you're close to the fire and to these very important decisions being being taken, uh, you can have a, a very large impact. Uh, and it doesn't have to be you know the foremost uh professional expertise to interpret this the survey though there is a lot of professional expertise in conducting this research uh but just being close to where the decisions are are being made is is important and and i bring this examples that i've cherry picked obviously from from sega affiliates portfolios not to, just to say that the probability of change in that term there is is not obviously not zero but also not one in a million um Okay. I want to bring in another example briefly, which is the rural electric power projects in Kenya, where the Kenyan government, uh, connects a lot of, a lot of people, uh, in rural areas to, to power for subsidized prices. Uh, and researchers, uh, Ken Lee and Ted Miguel, who you might remember from, uh, from the deworming study, um, they, uh, they evaluated this again in a large scale randomized controlled trial in Western Kenya, uh, and basically two years out found that they, you know, surveyed thousands of households and asked them a range of questions about health, about consumption, about education, about how much time their children study and when they study and their test scores. And they found that basically there is no effect. So you connect all these houses to electricity, two years out, no discernible impacts, right? And so this is a policy that costs the Kenyan government $100 million per year in a world-backed loan. But mind you, it's a loan, not a grant. They'll have to pay for it. Um, and, and so this is, you know, you could save a lot of money by just not not doing this policy, uh, right? And so Kenya might, as you might know, there's elections in Kenya, and this project looks very good. So this this project might come through anyway in Kenya. We don't know yet, but just think of other countries in the area like Tanzania, Rwanda, Uganda. If this program is seen in a different light, this could save you know a, a huge a huge amount of money to these poor governments. Okay, so I'm going to do two more personal examples. This is a, a picture of me with a fortune-telling parakeet from India uh, to remind us that, you know, telling the telling the future is difficult and all we can uh, do is, you know, put our trust in prior probabilities and updating. Um, and so the one is around, uh, these are two projects that I'm personally involved with, uh, not leading, one is a value-added tax evasion project uh, in an in, in Indian state. And uh, we're, we want to improve the way they audit uh companies to find tax evaders using machine learning um, so i have like these general ballpark estimates of how much this could change the the change in tax revenue by what we estimate today might be up to 20 million dollars per per quarter um, and the probability, probability that i make a difference to this project is i estimate about 0.1 and the probability that this project actually happens is maybe another 0.1 um, and so this could be a, a, a pretty a pretty large number uh and the and the, the second example is a, a mobile money reform in Afghanistan that I won't get completely into, but uh, it's estimated that in Kenya, uh, mobile money, called M-PESA, lifted 2% of uh, of households in Kenya out of poverty. Uh, and so if you take 2% of Afghanistan, that's 600,000 people. Um, and again, even if the probability that I make a difference in this project is pretty small, uh, that amounts to, to a pretty large number. Uh, and I'm not saying this to say Uh, I'm like this super effective guy. I don't think I am. Um, But I am saying that these numbers are so large that there's leeway to the, if you're skeptical, which you should be, you can still add like a 0.1 or a 0.01 to these and you still get large numbers because these numbers are really very large. Um, So I want to look at this from a tiny, a bit different uh, kind of angle. And so suppose, for example, that you had a mission that you were born with the the unquenchable thirst to transform online advertising, right? What would you do? One thing you could do is you can set up a tiny, cool startup. Uh, and I, I plugged in a startup where I used to work, which doesn't do online advertising, but whatever. <laughs> uh, and, and you'd be like, you know, a significant part of that startup, and you would influence how that startup works, and that would change online advertising to a certain extent. Or you could go work in Google that has a much larger chunk of online advertising, but where you are a much smaller part. And I call it the conservation law of impact because I think the impacts would be sort of broadly the same, or, you know, there's no like mythical law that everything should be the same, but, you know, you understand the point. And so where you would go, I think, depends on your character, not only on, you know, which of these options is more, you know, has more more impact or something? And some people might be more suited to a small, nimble startup, and might some people might be more suited to, to the large, uh, large organization, and that's how they would decide. Uh, and so, obviously, the analogy is clear. Uh, you can do, you know, point 0.1 of my cool NGO versus the point 0.0001 of the big government, and there's the conservation law of impact, and you should maybe decide uh, by your character. And, and the point here is that uh, I think it would be it would be wonderful and inspiring to see EAS working closely with developing country governments, aiding reforms, giving technical advice, maybe advocating for reforms that we think are great, which was mentioned in, in this conference before. And I think is a great idea, um, and and this is an area where um, where high skill expertise can really make a difference. As we know, if you care about bed net distribution, you're not going to go and distribute bed nets on your own. Uh, because you can pay other people to do it much more, much more effectively, and a much lower wage. Uh, and so, in the same, in the same way, um, what what you do want to do is use your high end expertise if you have it. Uh, and that's an area where you know high end expertise can really can really matter. And so you can justify having somebody come in from the outside and do it. Uh, and so let's let's go over reasons this might not work. Um, because you know whenever there's a good vision. <laughs> uh, so one you could say. I'm a foreigner why would they why would they listen to me they could be you know suspicious of people not from from their country i could have other interests and that sort of stuff or you could say well all these decisions are inherently political as, as claire said um, and and really there's not going to be this decision based on like evidence or expertise it's all going to be just politics um, and there's a very rigid hierarchy so you know if i go in, in a lower level position that that i won't matter uh, it might be hard to establish trust with these governments Uh, It's hard to get paid for it at first because you can't just show up and say, like, hey, pay me for my services. I'm this bright person. Um, And I think, importantly, these concerns are all true, right? These are all real concerns that you should definitely have. Um, But I think... Some of them, some of them might be mitigated, and secondly, you're probably thinking, okay, this wouldn't work, uh, but then how certain are you that it wouldn't work like ninety five percent certain ninety eight percent certain and again, if you know these these two things ninety eight percent percent certainty, which is very, very high, is two percent of success uh which is which could be huge um, and so to to look at the other side, what's your advantage in this so one is you might be smart, dedicated. You're willing to stick around. You should ask yourself, am I willing to stick around? Because if not, this is not going to be a quick win. You're just like, come in like a surgeon. You know, everybody, everything's all prepared. You do the cuts and, uh, and then it's done, right? This is going to take time and, and, and effort. Um, and then high-end expertise might be, might be useful, though again, not necessarily as useful as earning to give, especially if you're Bill Gates, but, or, or, you know, Dustin Moskowitz, but, um, uh, but, um, but still. Possibly very useful, depending on what what other jobs you do. Uh, and then the last thing is that I think eas are 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 um are the most amenable community that I know to to these like expected expected gain arguments, uh, right? So you know we have likes of hit space giving, saying like yeah, the probability is small, but the payoff is so large uh, that of course the expected value is so big that we should do it. Um, and the last thing is that. People could say, well, you know, this is like diffuse smaller benefits to many people. It's not really transformational. It doesn't really, you know, will this change everything? And so I think effective altruists are very, very good at, as it says, shutting up and multiplying. Um, So, you know, yes, it's it's $2 a day, maybe, that go to to 10,000 households. That is a huge gain. Right, even if it's only two dollars a day, or one dollar a day, or fifty cents a day, right? Maybe you can point at the household and say, like, okay, this is definitely going to transform the lives of all of them. Um, but it is, it is, of course, worth doing because of the of the magnitudes. Um, all right. So, how to get your food in the door? So, three easy steps. Uh, and of course, there are no three easy steps. Um, right. So, I'm uncertain of what the best way is. I want to point out that there is this opportunity here. Um and that it might be taken advantage of and it depends on your specific skills, your specific connections, where you are. I can I can suggest a few things. For example, I wouldn't start at a low-level position in a developing country government hoping hoping to you know, you know, make your way up uh, Ayn Rand character style. Um I don't think that would work. Um I think you should leverage other people's existing connections if you can, because some people certainly some people are better at it than, than I am, and I don't think that's my comparative advantage. Um I, I have currently found my way through being in a, in a top academic institution where a lot of these very high, you know, very high impact, possible impact research projects happen and being involved with those research projects. But my way is not necessarily, you know, the only way, the best way, a good way at all. It still remains to be seen if it'll be very effective. Uh, I'm, I, I listed here uh, a few organizations that work, um, in development with government. Some of these I know well, some of these I don't know so well, but these are things to consider, and you can go check them out and talk to people that maybe know them. Uh, so one is SEGA, uh where I work, J-PAL, where, where Claire works, uh, Evidence Action that scales up proven interventions, uh, ODI, I, I'm not going to go over each of them and explain it, ODI, uh, the International Growth Center, Tony Blair African Governance Initiative, Dahlberg, which is a consultancy that works. Uh, it's a consultancy for good. I'd say it works in developing government. Uh, and then last call is if, the, if there are developing country EAs, then I think this might be a good opportunity for you. You might be connected to people that are that are very high up. You might be able to get these positions uh, somehow, and so going to work in government um, and again connecting with other people could be could be an enormous gain that's not open to to most EAs that come from from rich countries. Um, so the last thing I 'll say is uh, is that um, are office hours, I'll be available if you want to chat from uh, from 3.15 after the, the cool next talk. And we also have time for maybe one or two questions now. Excuse me, I'm just having a little bit of trouble loading the questions on the app. Um It actually appears that uh, there aren't any audience-submitted questions at this time, but definitely feel free to catch up with Ophir at 325 when we have the break, please, and uh, your office hours. Thanks a lot.